0: Chapter 9. He Stopped Loving Her Today Why did you want to become a vet, Dad? Webb's head was propped on one arm that was resting on the hospital bed, and he blinked as he woke, shaking his arm that had fallen asleep as well. He'd slept all night beside Lacey's bed, just like when she'd been a newborn, when she'd had the flu for the first time, when they'd first received her diabetes diagnosis, whenever he was more worried than usual about her. The smell of stale coffee drifted into the room, and he briefly wondered if the nurses would share a cup with him. It was always better from their station than what the meal cart brought around. Hey, kiddo, you're awake, he said, swallowing to ease his dry throat. How are you feeling? Okay, I guess. I'm sorry I didn't catch all this sooner. I just thought I didn't feel well. I didn't fully realize what was going on, even though I feel like I should after all this time. He squeezed her hand gently. It's understandable. I think we might need to be more careful about the pump, though, and keeping the emergency pins on hand. I'll ask the doctor. I can ask the doctor, she said firmly. Why did you want to become a vet? Haven't I told you that story before? Yeah, maybe a long time ago, but I want to hear it again. He rubbed his eyes. Well, one of Daddy's hunting buddies had a Doberman, named him Witch Doctor. We were riding out to see him one day, and he had told Daddy to be careful because he'd just gotten him back from obedience school. Which doctor's fierce. Y'all better wait in the truck for me to come out first, he'd said. Well, Daddy forgot, and as soon as we got there, I jumped out of the truck, walked over to the dog, and started petting him like we'd known each other our whole lives. Daddy about busted a gut laughing even though his friend was fit to be tied. Thought he'd wasted his money, but the dog turned out to be fierce with everybody but me. So you knew then? She asked. Well, sort of. I mean, I had always loved animals, and every time we'd go out to this guy's house, I'd take dog, that's what I called him, I'd take him some apples. He loved apples. One day, though, we were out of apples at home, so I took grapes instead. You know, I was little, thought one fruit was as good as another. Doc got real sick from the grapes, and they had to rush him to the vet. It was still Dr. Carter back then. He saw everybody in town. Anyway, he sat me down and lectured me real good about what you could feed animals and what you couldn't. I told him I wanted to learn all about that so I could be sure Doc never got sick again. That's when I really knew. It must have been driving you crazy all these years that you can't make me well, she said. He nodded. Yeah, if I'm being real honest, it has. I so wish I could fix this for you, he replied, squeezing her hand again. Why do you call Jamie Doc? She asked quietly. He took a deep breath and shifted in the hard vinyl chair. I started calling her that in high school, he said. She was always so smart. Didn't it remind you of witch doctor? Yeah, I guess it did a little. She comes across as fierce on the outside, too. But once people get to know her, she's not so bad. So y'all are like more than friends now, huh? He took another deep breath. Maybe. Actually, I don't know, he said. It's kind of complicated. But what you said to me the other day before you passed out about how I hurt your mom? I swear, Lacey, I never meant to do that. It was one mistake, a huge mistake. As difficult as it had been, he had been honest with Lacey about his drinking that night. He hadn't told her the full story, of course, but just that he'd asked her mom to pick him up because he'd had too much to drink. He couldn't live with the guilt of her not knowing that piece of the story. But it's not, it's not who I am, he continued. I would never have intentionally hurt you or your mom, and I would never intentionally hurt Jamie either. Deep down, I know that, Dad. Just losing her that way. They sat in silence a minute. I know, he whispered, then squeezed his daughter's hand as they both blinked away tears. I'm so sorry, he said. Do you think you'll ever be able to forgive me? Of course, she said, looking surprised. I mean, God has forgiven me of so much. How could I ever not forgive you or anyone else of just about anything? I forgave you a long time ago. I'm sorry if I haven't been clear about that. It's just that it still hurts us all. I know, he said. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Hey, um, I think I'm gonna see if I can round up some coffee. You want some too? She nodded, and he escaped to the hallway, leaning against the wall and taking a long breath before walking towards the cafeteria. As long as he lived, he'd never forget that night. It had been more than a year ago now. Taylor had called from the doctor's office filling him in on her ovarian cancer diagnosis. She'd sounded relatively calm, assuring him that even though it was stage four and widespread, they were going to try to treat it. His hands had started shaking while they were still on the phone and he'd suddenly felt as if he couldn't breathe. He needed to get out of the house for a few minutes, so he'd gone to the office. He had paced around his desk, shivering as the heat kicked on. It was already below 30, a cold February that year. He sat and leaned back in his office chair, his arms wrapped tightly around him, thinking back to the stories Libby had told him about Jamie's mom. He knew it was almost 40 years ago, but it was the same diagnosis. And how long did she live? He winced, sat up, and rubbed his eyes. It was only a couple of months, right? Maybe even less. He knew he needed to get home to Taylor, but he didn't feel like he was going to be able to be strong enough for her yet. He thought about going to talk to James, but on an impulse, he opened the bottom drawer of his filing cabinet and pulled out a bottle of muscadine wine one of his patients had given him. Webb had consumed a total of two beers in his entire life, but he felt like he was in quicksand, freezing quicksand. Maybe people called it liquid courage for a reason, he thought, taking a sip and wincing again. It burned going down, but he didn't hate the warmth spreading through his body. He drank the rest of it, then poured himself another cup. Lacey's diabetes finally felt manageable. Almost. Webb knew Taylor thought he worried too much. Maybe he did. His mom had always said that, too, that he worried enough for everyone. He took a deep breath and another long sip. But now there was this. Taylor had said there'd be treatment. Maybe there was somewhere else they could go. Birmingham or Houston or the Mayo Clinic or something. He chewed his lip and tried to remember if James had taken Jamie's mom anywhere. He glanced out the window at the snow falling and sighed. Jamie, he murmured, finishing his second cup. He wondered where she was tonight, what she was doing, if she ever thought about him. He tried not to let his mind wander to her often, but she was always there in the back of it. He rubbed his eyes, stood, and walked to the window to watch the snow, realizing he was slightly off balance. He took another breath, then exhaled loudly he should probably call someone to come get him instead of driving home, especially in this weather. James didn't drive at night, and Webb's brothers would never let him live this down. Libby wouldn't be as judgmental as anyone else, but he'd have to tell her why he'd been drinking. He didn't know if Taylor was ready to share the news yet, and they'd had their fair share of fights over the years about how much he told his family and when. The most recent one had just been on New Year's Eve about the pedicure situation. Definitely better not to tell his family before she was ready. He picked up the phone and cleared his throat. Um, hey babe, he said, can you, um, can you come pick me up at work? I don't really want to walk home in the snow and I've been, well, I'll explain it when you get here, but I don't think I'm in any shape to drive. After he hung up, he sighed and poured himself another drink. And for a penny and for a pound, he shrugged. Maybe this would help ease his anxiety over the conversation about this diagnosis with Taylor. He knew they'd figure it out. He knew he would be there for her with this. He knew he would do the right thing the next day, like he always did. But for a few minutes, he had just wanted to forget his real life. He wondered what real life would have looked like with Jamie if they'd ended up together all those years ago. Would he have worked as hard for her? Would they have had the same fights? He shook his head, reminding himself she was blissfully married and successful and to stop thinking about what might have been and to count his blessings. He made a mental note to talk with James the next day about his experience all those years ago, and he wondered what advice the old man would give this time. Would we have had the same relationship all these years if I'd been his son-in-law? Webb thought. Then shook his head forcefully again. Dang it! Get her out of your head, Brock! He muttered. You have a great wife. It's Time to step up and be the husband she needs you to be. Taylor had shown up less than five minutes after he called. She walked in the front door and stared in surprise at the now more than half empty bottle. Webb realized he'd untucked his shirt and taken off his shoes, and he stood unsteadily. Webb, Taylor said, what in the world? Lacey's at home waiting. Are you kidding me with this? I'm sorry, he said, tucking his shirt back in. It was dumb. I don't know what I was thinking. I'll figure out something to tell Lacey. Let's just Get to the car and get home, okay? He stumbled out from behind the desk, stumbled to the chair in the corner, and unsteadily put his shoes back on. Taylor huffed a sigh and shook her head again. Look, I'm sorry, he repeated, standing. The news today, I I didn't handle it well, okay? Jamie's mom had the same thing, and I just... Taylor stiffened, and he draped an arm across her shoulders and tried to pull her closer to him. She didn't budge. I was worried, okay? Her mom didn't do very well, and it really shook me up. The thought of losing you. Fine, she sighed, and he felt her relax a bit beneath him. I already sent out the news to the church email list. People are praying. We'll be fine. That's good. I'll go see James tomorrow, too, and ask about... He started, but trailed off when he saw her expression. Glaring at him, she pushed his arm off her shoulder and walked out the front door. He followed her onto the porch, and she turned to face him, her arms crossed and her eyes furious. What? he asked. Nothing, she said, her tone as icy as the weather. The frigid air seemed to sober him up a little, and he started to feel ridiculous. He probably would have been fine to drive if he'd just waited a little longer or walked around outside. Never having had any experience with alcohol before, he hadn't been sure how to handle it, and he'd clearly made the wrong call as he also seemed to have done in this conversation. He rubbed his eyes and redirected his attention to his wife. Seriously, what'd I do this time? He pressed. Her lips pursed. She seemed to be trying to decide whether to continue. Do you really not know? She finally asked. He gave a small shrug. How often you bring her up? Who? Jamie? Of course Jamie. All I said was I was going to talk to James because... Jamie's dad. Dang, Taylor, I can't help who her dad is. He's one of my best friends. They're family friends. They always have been. I mean, we've been friends. Your entire life, she interrupted again. I know. If you've told me once, you've told me a thousand times. And I can't help but wonder if you've always wished it were more than that. He shivered, and not just because of how cold it was. She was getting too close to an area Webb had never shared with anyone. That's crazy, he muttered hearing how unconvincing he sounded even to himself. Is it? It had been such a long day, and under the weight of it, he felt something inside him cracking. You know what? He shot back. So what if I did, once upon a time? I moved on. I married you. We've had a great marriage. Is that what you think? Yeah, that is what I think, he said. We've had a good marriage. I mean, we've had our share of disagreements, but James says he trailed off as he realized he'd managed to work the Romans into the conversation once again. Suddenly feeling remorseful, he reached for her and put both hands on her waist. Oh my word, you don't even realize how much you do it, do you? She let out a harsh laugh, shoved his hands off her waist, turned and stormed toward the end of the porch. Just admit it, she called over her shoulder. You've always been in love with her, and that's why you've never really been able to love me. She continued toward the steps, and he followed. Even though her accusation wasn't entirely fair, but also not entirely untrue, he wanted to make things right between them. He started to reach for her again when he saw a thin layer of ice had already coated the first step. Hey, babe, watch the... He started. But before he could say anything else, she slipped, and he couldn't reach her fast enough. She fell flat on her back, catching the side of her head on the porch. Webb froze for a split second, then grabbed his phone out of his pocket and called 911 as he dropped to his knees. He grabbed Taylor's hand, but blood had started to pool under her head and drip out of her nose. She never opened her eyes again. The next few hours were a blur. For the next year, Webb could barely remember what had happened in what order after the ambulance arrived. The EMTs had called it a freak accident had said if she'd fallen an inch or two differently, she might have been fine or just dealing with a concussion. Or was that the ER doctor who had said that? Mostly what he remembered was the feel of her slipping away from his hand. He had just kept replaying the scene of her falling over and over in his mind. He'd never been able to tell her he was sorry, and he never would. Libby put the last of three frozen meals in Webb's freezer then leaned against the counter, counting how many days' worth of meals they had. When somebody's in the hospital, the last thing you should have to worry about is what to eat, she thought. And if nothing else, you can count on our church to turn out with good food. Casseroles alone should do them about a week. If he'll eat them at all, goodness knows he could stand to gain a pound or two. She was expecting Webb and Lacey any minute, so she went ahead and popped the one Jean Allen had brought in the oven, grudgingly admitting it would be the one that tasted best. A text came in from Jamie, interrupting her meal planning. Going home to Connecticut for a while, will you keep an eye on George while I'm gone? Libby frowned and texted back. Of course, but what's a while? Why don't you come over to the house for a few minutes before you go? Already on the way to the airport, I was trusting you'd say yes about George. Will probably be a couple of weeks, but I need to decide if it's going to be longer. Not completely sure what's best anymore. See you soon. Love you, Libby. Love you, sweet, she messaged. Libby sighed. She had caught Jamie in the hospital parking lot, right after her conversation with Webb. How's Lacey? Jamie had asked, getting out of her car. She's just fine, Libby replied. These things happen on occasion. Apparently her pump malfunctioned, and in the worst possible timing, so did its alert system. They've got her all fixed up and should let her go today or tomorrow. Now, let's talk about you and Webb. What about us? Jamie asked quietly leaning against her car. Y'all have both been dodging me since that marathon, but I've known you since you were knee-high to a grasshopper, Jamie girl. You're in love with him, aren't you? Yeah, I am, Jamie nodded. And you know he feels the same way about you. Well, I thought he did, Jamie said, then shook her phone. But he just texted. I know, Libby replied. Do you? Jamie stared at her in surprise. Well, maybe you know why he would do this then. After the last year, after last night, after everything, just suddenly saying he can't do it, he can't be with me? This doesn't make any sense. Libby, I need to go talk to him. Libby bit her lip. Can we sit for a minute? Um, yeah, sure, I guess. Jamie unlocked her car. They got in, and Libby said another quick prayer for wisdom. How much has Webb told you about the night Taylor died? Not much, Jamie said. That she fell going down icy steps and hit her head? Libby nodded. She'd also been diagnosed with stage 4 ovarian cancer earlier that day. Oh no, like Mama. Exactly, Libby continued. The prognosis was not good. It really shook him up, so he went to his office where he apparently got drunk, probably for the first time in the boy's life. He called her to come get him, and when they were going down the steps, she fell. Oh my word, Jamie said, letting out a long breath. That must have been so hard on him. It really has been, Libby replied. Sure, he made a mistake, but it was an accident, a terrible one, but an accident nonetheless, and he's been just eaten up with guilt. He hasn't been able to forgive himself. I was hoping, with y'all, that he might be, that finally being able to be with you would free him of some of the shame, but I'll be honest, I'm starting to think this might be the kind of work only the Lord can do. Jamie frowned, then looked over her shoulder at the hospital. Are you sure? She asked. Maybe if we could just talk it out. Libby shook her head. Normally I'd agree with you, sweet, but I don't think he'd be able to resist you if he sees you now. You say that like it's a bad thing. Well, I think this is something God needs to deal with him on, and if he's with you, I think he'll be able to push away having to deal with it, if that makes sense. Let's be honest, Webb's never been able to think clearly when he's around you. Jamie's eyes filled with tears. I love him so much, Libby. I don't want to lose him. I know, sweet, and I don't think you will. Just give him a little space. I didn't know Webb ever needed space. Not Webb, Libby laughed. God, let him work this out at his pace, okay? I know it's hard, but you can trust him, Jamie. She glanced over her shoulder again, then nodded. His pace, she said quietly. Okay, I guess I'll just go home then. Libby nodded. I really think that's the best thing you can do right now. But after Jamie's text saying she was going to Connecticut, Libby was starting to wonder if she'd made the right call on this one, since it sounded like her girl had forgotten her home was here now. She'd never expected Jamie would move back, but had thought Webb might be enough to keep her here. Well. No way to settle this at the moment, is there, Lord? She prayed. Just please help Webb and Jamie get through this. They need each other and they need you. Will you give me wisdom about how to handle all this too? She laughed to herself and wondered if God ever got tired of hearing her repeat her prayers. As she continued to pray, Webb and Lacey walked in the front door and called that they were heading upstairs. How long had Jamie said she'd be gone? She drummed her fingers on the kitchen counter, then messaged the Titus 2 group. Beach house free the next two weeks? Three yeses came back in as Webb joined her in the kitchen. I've been thinking, she said. Why don't you and Lacey take a little time and go down to the beach? Y'all can have the house. Libby and her friends had bought a timeshare together in Orange Beach a few years ago, and they all rotated going whenever the mood struck them to be out of pocket for a bit. I don't know, Mama, he said, rubbing his eyes. We hadn't planned anything like that, and the timing doesn't seem right. I don't know if Lacey will be up for it or if she could take time away from school. She's on spring break next week, right? This is the perfect time. Look at those dark circles under your eyes. You need a break, and you need some sleep. She gave him a hug, and tears welled up in his dark brown eyes. He quickly wiped them away. Listen to me, son, she said gently. You've had a hard year. There's nothing here that won't wait a couple of weeks, trust me. Go pack your bag and just go down there and do nothing for once in your life. Talk to God, spend some time with your daughter, and I'll take care of anything that comes up here. Are you sure? He asked. I'm sure. Okay, then, he replied, his jaw tense. I think I will. Thanks. And one more thing, Webb, she said. What's that? He asked. You know God's not mad at you, right? He stared at her for a moment. I really wish I could believe that, he whispered. Livy nodded. Getting away would be exactly what he needed. After two weeks at the beach, Webb at least felt well-rested, he thought. He and Lacey had slept late, eaten when they felt like it, and walked on the beach and talked every night. On their last night there, they sat on the balcony of the condo and looked over the choppy waves. I'm going to ask one more time, he said. You doing okay? Yeah, I feel fine, Dad, she smiled, then paused, the wind ruffling her long, dark hair that looked so much like Taylor's. But I have to say, I still miss Mom. It's been more than a year, and I still miss her so much. I don't know what it's going to be like to go through life without her, without a mother at all. I hadn't had to learn that yet, actually, he said, and squeezed her shoulder. But I know two things. One is, you'll always carry pieces of her with you, in your eyes, the color of your hair, the way you raise your own kids. She'll always be with you in a million different ways, even though we'll always miss her, too. He blinked back tears and swallowed hard. What's the other thing? she asked. The other thing is, even though you don't have your mom, you're not alone. Stuck with me, of course, but you have granna and your uncles and aunts, your cousins, your friends. And Jamie, she added. Sure, he nodded half-heartedly. I was thinking she might actually be good to talk to, since she's the only person I know who lost her mom, too, like at a young age. Yeah, I'm sure you could do that, he said, his jaw tensing. Hey, Dad, she ventured. Are y'all, I don't know, is everything okay with y'all? I mean, I know we've kind of gone back and forth about it, but things have seemed different or something since the other day. You said it was complicated, but are y'all even still friends? He looked out at the water, then back at his daughter and shrugged. Sure, but, you know, friends can grow apart sometimes. We've had a couple of disagreements lately, and I'm not sure how to move past those. I'm not sure if she can, but I've known Jamie my whole life. You're right. She'll be a good person for you to talk to. He sighed, then continued. And like I told you, she's probably the best friend I've got. Our conversation's a little fuzzy from the day I passed out after you spent the night at her house. His face flamed red, and he half hoped a seagull would land on the balcony to change the course of the conversation. We don't really have to go into... Okay, okay, so it's complicated, Lacey said, then laughed. But... I mean, I've been trying to get used to the idea in general, and I was kind of thinking about other people around town, like other people you might date or whatever, but you can't really do better than her, right? You trying to set up your old man or something? Stop it, she said, punching him on the shoulder. Her phone buzzed on the table next to her, and she picked it up. No way, she said, her eyes scanning the screen. Dad, I got it. I got the Freeman. Hey, hey, he said, look at you, Lace, taking over the world. I never doubted for a minute you'd get it. You know I'm always proud of you, but right now, I'm also really excited for you. She grinned and stood. I've got to tell my friends, and Jamie, I never would have gotten this without her. Congratulations, babe. Hey, uh, I'm going to stay out here another minute. As she went inside and the sun set over the ocean, he unclenched his fists and released the tears he'd been holding back his shoulders shaking, he cried silently and hoped his daughter would be on the phone for a while. God, I did my duty right. I loved Taylor. I sacrificed for her and cared for her and loved her like Christ loved the church. I've provided for Lacey and protected her. I have done right by my family. I have done everything I was supposed to do in life, everything, and I made one mistake, one. Do I really have to pay for it for the rest of my life? Don't I deserve something in return for all the good? Don't I deserve some happiness, some comfort, some relief? Don't I deserve for someone to love me back? Don't I deserve... Jamie? The last lights of the sun sent a stream of dark yellow cascading across the waves, a lone seagull crossing the exact path of the sun's light. And despite the tears streaming down his face, Webb smiled at how beautiful it was. Did you deserve that? He heard a familiar voice inside him. The sunset you just saw. Stop and think. Haven't you been given a lot of things you don't really deserve? That makes sense, he thought, taking a deep breath. On the reverse side, Lacey didn't deserve to get sick. Taylor didn't deserve her diagnosis. Jamie didn't deserve to lose her mom when she was still so little. Maybe it's not so much about getting what we deserve, whether that's good or bad. And I guess none of us deserve to be saved, he murmured. But you sure did that for us anyway. Do I really have to pay for this by giving up the woman I love and my best friend? I never asked you to do that. The voice rose from inside him again. I'm sorry, he whispered, as he had countless times over the last year, but this time really letting the knowledge of his undeserved forgiveness finally settle into his soul. He sighed, then closed his eyes and felt a long-forgotten peace. When he realized he hadn't felt since Taylor's death, maybe even before. He decided to stay out on the balcony a little longer, soak in more of the beauty he didn't deserve, and just be still. The next morning, he and Lacey packed the car to drive back north. This might have been the best two weeks of my life, Webb told her. Me too, she grinned. I'm really glad we had this time, especially since I'll be in Europe this summer. Oh, don't remind me, he said. I don't know what I'm going to do without you around. Oh, you know, just take care of all the animals in the county, grow a garden, drive the church van, fix up the house. I'm sure you'll find one or two things to keep you busy. They continued talking all day, and when they pulled into the driveway late that afternoon, he found himself not wanting to go inside. He glanced at Lacey, then gave her one more hug as they got out of the car. Well, here we are, he said. You want to stay tonight, just to be sure? She squeezed him back. I think I need to get back to the dorm, Dad, she whispered. Okay, but you know you can come home anytime, right? In fact, I'm kind of counting on it. I know, she said. I love you, babe, he replied. Wherever we are, whatever happens, we've always got each other. Definitely, she said. They walked into the quiet house hand in hand. After doing a few loads of laundry and packing a stash of groceries for her, he helped her to her car with her things and watched her drive away. Then he took his own suitcase upstairs to his room and flipped on the lamp in the corner. Out of habit, he glanced out the window to the Roman's house. It was mostly dark, but it looked like there might be a light on towards the front. He sat on the edge of the bed, his head in his hands. God, he prayed, there's no sense trying to hide anything from you. After everything. I'm still in love with her. I know I don't deserve her. But you give and you give. Would you, out of your grace and mercy, grant me the love of this woman at the time you see fit? And her forgiveness, too? I'm sorry if I haven't handled any of this well. I don't deserve her, but I'm asking you for her anyway. Always recognizing it's not my will but yours. He finally stretched out in his own bed, sleeping more soundly there than he had in years.